This is an original branded podcast from GTM Creative Strategies. Like a lot of people who become engineers, Manish Habar honed his craft early in life. As a young kid, I was always interested in, in how things worked. Things would break and my toys or uh, things around the house would break and I would spend a lot of time trying to fix it. Manish carried that knack through his teens. And when it came time for college, he figured, hey, I like putting stuff together, I like taking stuff apart, maybe I'll become a mechanical engineer. He got accepted to some dream schools, including Duke, his alma mater. But he quickly faced another universal experience. Paying for private school tuition just wasn't possible without taking a a mountain load of debt. And that pushed Manish in a direction he didn't expect, the Navy. The Navy is not the first thing um, that comes to mind when you think of an Indian American. Um, I gravitated towards it. It was a way for me to, to pay for college, frankly. The Navy helped Manish earn and pay for his degree in mechanical engineering. But over the years serving in the military afterward, he actually didn't use those skills as much as he thought he would. Engineering was something that I was able to to learn the fundamentals of in college, but the application as a naval officer was quite limited. The the skills that you're really designed to do are to, to lead and manage a division. Today, rather than design mechanical systems, Manish architects billions of dollars worth of equity and debt deals in clean energy. And to do that in situations that are often very stressful, he's able to stay methodical and calm. That skill goes back to his time as a lieutenant in the Navy. So who's more intimidating and presenting to an admiral or to like a major corporate client? The admirals for sure. There was no room for laughter. You, You had to be on point. Every word mattered. It was a different type of presentation. I'm Stephen Lacey. In this episode, produced in collaboration with Cone Resnick Capital, we have a conversation with Manish Habar. Manish is a managing director at Cone Resnick Capital, and we're going to hear how he used his experience in the Navy to help steer a major bank through the 2008 financial crisis and ultimately land in the fast-paced world of clean energy. So today, Manish is brokering some of Clean Energy's biggest mergers and acquisitions, like an 800-plus megawatt portfolio of wind projects in the U.S. and Canada in 2019. That deal involved two sellers, two buyers, three advisors, three legal counsels, and a number of counterparties. Is every deal a high-pressure situation? Every deal is is unique. Uh, There are some deals that are very high-pressure, and uh, those deals are, are the ones that I find myself succeeding in. M&A transactions are those types of deals where it's fast-paced environment, every minute and every hour matters, and it's, it's really about who can stay the course and work through each round of progression. Manish got the skills to handle that pressure from the Navy, but the financial piece came later. After his service, he went to business school and then landed at the investment bank City. He was in a rotational program for risk management, which brought him all around the company for a couple of years. And then one day he got a call from the chief risk officer, and he was asked, do you want to be my assistant on this thing called the risk committee? Uh, My first day on the job was in September 2008, a week before the collapse of Lehman Brothers. The timing was terrible from a risk perspective, but incredibly valuable for experience. Suddenly, Manish was sitting around the table with top executives, trying to figure out whether the financial system was about to implode. 
It was not the the most pleasant experience being at an investment bank that took bailout money. I just want to dwell on that for a second. You were put on the risk committee right when the financial collapse was happening. That must have been so wild. That's right. I was. It was certainly the the most eye opening experience that I've been in. Um, I was certainly in the room where it happened, Stephen. All that work on risk exposed Manish to a lot of different teams, including the asset finance team. That's the place where tax equity deals are structured for commercial real estate or for renewable energy. This was in 2010, when Citi just started making investments in wind. And the growing renewable space intrigued Manish, so he joined. He learned all about the different kinds of tax structures for renewables and how to get them done with limited capital. The way we, we were scrappy is, is to really figure out what we needed to, to make the returns work internally and, and be able to, to navigate um, what we could provide in terms of pricing. So we really didn't leave anything on the table. We, we were able to structure in a way that um, just barely met what we needed in order to, to make the investment work. In the decades since that move, Manish has been VP of Renewable Energy Finance at Citi, Director of Renewable Energy Finance at Bank of America, and now he's Managing Director at Cohn Resnick Capital. He's seen the size and complexity of renewable energy projects expand dramatically since then. So we chatted with him about what the industry looks like from his vantage point today, and how he's applied or passed along his lessons from the Navy and the financial crisis. What do you think is the, the, the most interesting or speaks to the scale or acceleration of clean energy right now? Utility-scale solar is, is something that is really driving the industry at this point. One project that I worked on very recently and closed in the last few months, it's a 600-plus megawatt solar project. A 600 megawatts? Like, you know, back in 2008, we were talking about 600 kilowatts or six megawatts for financing deals, like 600 megawatts. Um, that's extraordinary. Yeah, Stephen. I uh, it was um, it's a it's a project with 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 five different power purchasers, four different commercial operation dates amongst the phases. It's a it's really the largest project east of the Rockies, and and really the the amount of megawatts on the East Coast is is, is phenomenal. How about, you know, you're working on large deals and they're obviously high pressure situations um, with a lot at stake. Do this? Do you still feel the stakes in the same way? Like having gone through those stressful situations, do they prepare you for those stakes? The way that I approach deals, people often compare me to being someone that uh, that that that's extremely calm and focused, even in the worst of situations. And I've had clients yelling and and sponsors yelling back and forth at each other and the approach that I take is is always one of of being very patient and methodical and I draw back to my times in the navy for when um I had to remain calm I had to remain focused and really keep the ship on course so You've had a rich history in this space. You had a front row seat to one of the greatest financial calamities in history. You've worked on early deals in wind and solar just as the financial sector was wrapping its arms around the potential of renewable energy. How do you pass on that history and 
um, understanding to the people that you work with who are maybe just getting into this space or just starting out their careers? Yeah, I, I, I love to, to train and, and mentor. And I think that the where we are today is, is, is really a function of, of how things have evolved in the past. So I take out moments of the day to when, when people have a question about um, a, a an aspect in a transaction or how to how to structure a deal, uh, I take that time to really walk through um, the details of how we progress to come to that conclusion, and and that and that history um, is really important to give context to to younger uh, workers who are just starting. Um, what what's the best piece of advice you ever got on how to build your career? To be an expert. At something, it's uh, it's an advice that I, a piece of advice I got from a, a Navy Commodore I once worked for. You can learn and dabble in many different things and and be a jack of all trades, but but being an being an expert takes focus, and that's when you challenge and uh, learn the most about yourself. The act of becoming an expert teaches you how to learn. So. Once you've once you've been able to master that task, you can take that and you can you can be an expert in something else. And what are you an expert in? I, I'm an expert in modeling and structuring transactions in the renewable energy space. What kind of pride do you take away from that? I think a lot of folks who work in this industry understand that they have some greater social or environmental impact to their work. What kind of pride do you take in that? The pride I take is that the expertise that that I've developed ultimately results in closing transactions. And I've been a, through my career, I've been able to close on over 35 transactions in the renewable energy space, and that's amounted to over 7 gigawatts of clean energy and about eight and a half billion of, of capital either invested or raised. It, it's really been a, a, about putting clean energy megawatts on the grid. Are you optimistic about the future? I'm extremely optimistic about the future. I'm, I'm bullish about renewable energy and, and, and I, as I ever have been. Manish, thank you so much for talking to us. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, Stephen. You've been listening to an episode produced by GTM Creative Strategies in collaboration with Cone Resnick Capital. Cone Resnick builds relationships, closes deals, and helps clean energy companies excel in all areas. And to learn more about how people like Manish can help you work through some of the most complicated transactions in energy, go to coneresnickcapital.com or just follow the link in the show notes.